the operating system inside the phone in general is just getting really slow. They do that on purpose, you know. Yes. And we're going to get into that on our episode. Yeah. Maybe. I need to. Uh, so it's time to get a new phone. Time to get a new phone. Same here. We ready? I think so. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. What's going on, Pat? Uh, you know, it's another day. Another day. Another day in paradise making making podcasts. Making podcasts at 4.30 in the morning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyways, what episode are we on today? 20... This is 28, right? 28. 28. I think it's 28. Damn. Again, we say this every episode. <laughs> Can't believe we made it this far, but we're still here. I can. I can believe we made it. You believe it? Yeah. Anyways. We're going to uh, go far, man. I hope so. Anyways, before we get into our news story today, I got a question for you. Oh, God. What? Do you remember back in high school, our art class? Yes. Do you remember how much fun that was? That was a lot of fun. It was terrible. Yep. Now, what I can't believe about our art class is you remember our teacher at all? Yes. I can't believe that of all the teachers you had, that this would be the teacher that you'd name your son after. <laughs> Did you ever think about that? Uh, no, not until now. For some reason, she didn't like me. She hated you. Like, I couldn't figure I couldn't figure out why you would name your son after our art teacher. I don't know. Blame Paige. I guess. Her idea. But that class was so, <laughs> that, that was so, so much fun. That was a lot of fun. The teacher hated Ben. For no reason. I didn't understand that at all. And, like, so you and the guy we sat with all the time. Yeah. Your guys' work would suck. <laughs> like, so bad. And my shit would be not great. It'd be better than... It would be decent. It would be better than mine. It'd be it'd be decent. And, but you guys would get a better grade. I would always get an A- minus, and I would <laughs> always get a B. Every time. I'm like, this is not this is not possible. There's I'm no never going to forget when we were doing the clay sculptures. Remember that? Yeah. And you built you built a bridge... And you, the teacher came over and was talking to us and like, what did, what did you build, Ben? And <laughs> you're like, well, I built a bridge. And she was like, a fish? Do you remember that? No, I don't. She was, and you were like, no, I built a bridge. And she was like, a fish? So like, she kept saying fish back to you. <laughs> it was really awkward. I'm trying to remember this. I remember the working with the clay. Because I built like the Coliseum and it looked like complete, it looked like dog shit. Oh, yeah. It kept, it kind of looked like, like a largemouth bass, I guess. And she kept on saying, you built a fish? Over and over again. It was like a really awkward exchange. That's funny. You don't remember that? No, I don't. I wish I did, though. We had a lot of fun in art class. Yeah, didn't man. learn anything. She she did not she did not like me. Do you remember that project we did where we had to? Uh, uh, it was like a stencil type, not not a stencil, but we had to carve out. Oh yeah, the, you remember it was the black thing? Yeah, and, we and then to, you had to yeah, carve out, out and you had to etch it. And I did that night. Yeah, that was really good. And I got a B for that. And mine, bro. mine looked like complete shit, dude. Mine was the best in the class at that particular one, bro. I'm like, no one is even close to mine. I don't know. I thought it was. So so good. I hated that class. I still have it. You no shit. I still have that. Yeah, it's upstairs. That's hilarious. Yeah. She she was weird. That entire class was weird. She was man. And then we would talk about all the bullshit. Like me and that other kid would talk about because you were a freshman. And I think I was a sophomore. Something like that. So we would tell we would tell you about all the shit you had to expect in high school. Yeah. We talked about like arbitration day. Yeah. You tried to convince me of arbitration day. That was funny. <laughs> that didn't go well. And then we were telling that kid about our lives because he was a suburban kid and we lived in the city. Right. So we talk about plowing the fields and yeah and all that shit. How we didn't have refrigerators <laughs> and we had to resort to the ice. Box. Remember we kept that? on telling about the ice box. <laughs> like we're gonna upgrade into a, to a really big ice box this year. It's a big deal, and I'm pretty sure he believed most of it. I think he did. That kid wasn't he wasn't the brightest bulb in the in the garden, but 
Anyways, so funny. What kind of news you got today? Do you got anything? Well, uh, it won't it won't pull up on my phone because we just had our phone discussion. We did. But now, okay, this whole thing may or may not get cut, but this is really funny. All right. Okay. So, Pat, I know you're not really into rap that much. Okay. But you know, I'm I'm into rap, and uh, but I stay on my lane. I stay in one particular lane with rap. I don't really venture off into other I, other know, lanes. Yeah. I just I have a particular type that I listen to that I like, and then I I stick to it most of the time okay so i was scrolling down my feed in facebook the other day and this picture came up and it said the top memphis artists in 2021 and i'm looking at this list and i'm like this this can't be real i've never heard of any of these rappers ever in my life memphis artists yeah like memphis tennessee i'm guessing okay and i'm gonna read you off these top 15 artists the top 15 yes okay one <laughs> poo shiesty poo shiesty <laughs> yes poo Shiesty. Okay. Number two, Moneybag Yo. I dig it. Three, Yo Gotti. Yo Gotti? Yes, oh, Yo God. Gotti. Four, Young Dolph. I, like after Dolph Lundgren, I guess. the actor. Number five, NLE Choppa. Nope. Number six, Big Scar. Nope. Seven, Black Youngsta. Nope. Eight, Key Glock. Okay, that's a little bit better. Number nine, Lil Migo. Lil Migo? Yeah, M-I-G-O, Lil Migo. M-I-G-O? Yeah. My go? I don't know. Number 10, CEO Big 30. No. Mm-hmm. I'm le- Number 11, Duke Deuce. Okay. That's a little bit better. A little bit more creative of a name. Number 12, E-B-G-E Jizzle. <laughs> E-B-G-E Jizzle. No. No. Number 13, Big Moochie Grape. Yes. A lot better. 14, Black Boy JB. No. 15, J Fizzle. Okay, I like J Fizzle. I feel like I'd be I'd be P Sizzle, so. These are the top 15 Memphis artists in 2021. Now, is Memphis like a big rap scene? I can't imagine. I'm assuming. It. I can't imagine it is. And um, I looked up a couple of these artists, and every one of them are legit. They're all real. Where is Memphis? That's in Tennessee, but is it that's closer to the Mississippi River, isn't it? Uh, isn't Memphis on the Mississippi River? I don't doesn't know. it border like Missouri? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. I guess if it's on the Mississippi River, it's probably a rap city. I don't know. Well, I was reading some of the comments in the post. Oh, God. Let's listen and, to this. Uh, and, like, there's, like, legit, like, arguments on here about who is the best. <laughs> it says, Pooh should be number 15. And then this guy says, Pooh ain't better than no damn money bag. And this one, this guy says, Dolph's still the hardest. Every verse he did on Dumb and Dumber 2 was hard as fuck. So they're on Dumb and Dumber 2, so they must be, like. That's an album. Oh. That's got to be an album. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Like I said, I don't know who these guys are. That's so far out of my realm of understanding. This guy says, just because Pooh hot right now, don't disrespect the rest. Pooh, burr, money, not even fucking with this list. This has to be one-sided as fuck. So there's a lot of shit going on with this list. Yes, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get into this a little bit. We're gonna have to do a follow up. Right. We have to check this every month to make sure that the Memphis rap scene hasn't <laughs> changed too much. Right. And I'm gonna go home after this recording. I'm gonna make sure that I find all of these artists. Right. And download like their best tracks. Right. So that I can make my own determinations. Right. But and then we can comment in the post. Yes. And if you guys have an opinion on Memphis rap. Please tweet us at 30 in the... We really need... We really need whatever you got. Is all that getting cut? Probably. (laughs) 
All right, Pat, what do you got for news stories? Anyways, I only got one news story today. Okay, this one I got from Fox 25, which I think is out of Oklahoma. Oklahoma woman charged with felony for not returning VHS tape for 21 years. She got a felony? She got a felony. She got a felony embezzlement charge. Damn. Now, we talked about embezzlement on our white-collar crime episode. Mm. Apparently, she got charged with embezzlement for stealing rented property, basically, because she didn't return a VHS tape that she rented in 1999. So it was, I'm assuming, a, a movie store? Yes. Like a rental movie store? According to the court documents, Carol McBride never returned the tape of Sabrina the Teenage Witch that she rented in 1999, but she didn't actually rent it. She was living with some guy back in 1999 who had a couple of daughters who rented the tape. Mm-hmm. She never knew about it, but she, the oh. guy used her used her account or whatever to rent the tape, and they just never returned it because obviously, I think the guy was a younger guy yeah. that she was kind of just like living with, basically. So they never returned the tape. 21 years later, Later, she's got a felony charge on her records. Now, where's this guy? Who knows? Nobody cares. It doesn't matter because he used her, yeah, that's her true. account. That sucks. So, in terms of Carol's case, obviously, she was trying to do something legal, and it popped up. Hey, you got a warrant out for your arrest for felony embezzlement. <laughs> And she looked into it, and it was because of this tape. I guess that throughout her career, like she kept on getting fired from jobs randomly without an explanation, and she thinks it's because of this this tape. Probably, yeah. It's completely fucked up her life, basically. <laughs> All because the guy that she was banging in 1999 borrowed her account to, to watch Sabrina <laughs> the Teenage Witch with his daughters. Oh, that's terrible. And 21 years later, she's still she's hoping that it gets forgiven but you know there's a warrant out for her arrest and all this shit you know i, I you know it's I, a felony charge it's not like it's a misdemeanor it's a felony this is felony embezzlement <laughs> at this point <laughs> You know, I, I feel like a, a decent judge would look at this and be like, okay. You would hope so. But a lot of judges have that post just to prove a point. And a lot of them are children. We need to follow up on that. I want to see what yeah, happens. We're going to. I, I want to see what happens with so, that. So Oklahoma woman has a felony for not returning a VHS tape. And the store hasn't been open in 15 years, almost. I think it closed in 2007. So that, I guess don't let people borrow your subscriptions to rental. Yeah, and don't ever forget to turn in your shit. Man. But that's crazy like she kept on getting fired from jobs and they didn't know she didn't know why she was like i don't know why the hell i just got fired i don't think i did anything wrong <laughs> they didn't have to give her an explanation as to why she figures well, that's probably why like why didn't they just go and arrest her at her home or i think she was out of state oh she, i guess she learned about it because she got married in texas and when she applied for her to get her name changed that popped up on her record from oklahoma oh. so it was an out of state it was an out of state felony gotcha now oklahoma is a little bit different state they do things a little bit differently out there but that's it's kind crazy. Of, it's crazy. Wow, that sucks. Anyways, you got any more news? How does or, it even happen? I don't know. I don't have any more news. You just want to dive in? Let's do it. All right, Ben. So what is our main topic? Pat, this is this is your episode. This is my by, episode. By your definition, this is your episode. Yeah, we, we had that discussion last week, so... <laughs> And uh, today we're we're getting into uh, secret societies. Yes, we are. Pat, what the hell is a secret society? So the secret a secret society. We've talked about secret societies on many episodes in our show. Yeah, we've at least mentioned them. We've talked about the Priory of Scion. We talked about. I keep on saying the term CFR a lot, which I'm going to get into on this episode. We've talked about the Trilateral Commission. We've talked about. We've talked about the Illuminati. The Illuminati, which isn't actually a real thing, surprisingly. I'm going to get into what. It really is. The Illuminati, it, it, the idea is real, but it's not actually the, the Illuminati. 
Illuminati. Does that make like, sense? Do you, are, you, are you saying it's not what it was intended, like, back in the day during the Enlightenment? No, it, it existed at one point. There, there are different groups that have called themselves the Illuminati, mm-hmm. but they all trace back to something older that's still around today, but it's not really the Illuminati. It's just kind of an easy false flag, basically. And what, what? I think they all originate from the Odd Fellows. They all originate from the Brotherhood of the Serpent. The Brotherhood of the Serpent. Which traces back to prehistory. It traces back before the Bible was written. All right. And Let's the, hear it. The serpent, I'm excited. The serpent, the serpent is Satan. You know how in the Bible, in like the Adam and Eve story, the, the serpent is the one that convinces them to... Yeah. That's where the whole brotherhood stems from. Okay. The, the brotherhood swayed humanity astride or away from goodness. Okay, I'll hear you out. But there's actually, it's actually very gray. There's no right or wrong with, with what's going on. Gotcha. Anyways, so basically a secret society is a group of people that lives be or operates behind closed doors, but has a lot of influence across the world. Right. So they're meeting in secret. They're deciding things. They're creating policy that some way or shape or form gets implemented across mm-hmm. the globe. That's basically what a secret society is. It's unelected people meeting behind closed doors. Sometimes doing rituals and stuff. Doing, and the occult gets sprinkled into this a lot, and the occult mm-hmm. gets, it, it's involved in all of it. People will say that the Federal Reserve is a cult that practices occult activities. Mm-hmm. So it's a cult that practices occult activities. Right. And their religion is money, and that there's secret occult practices associated with money. Dude, after... The discovery of Bohemian Grove and all that shit, and Alex Jones, uh, yeah, put all that shit out there. I, I, I can see it. Now, Bohemian Grove is an offshoot of what's going on. It's not a focal point. It's much more of an offshoot. Right. Okay. But still, again, yes, you're on the right track with that. Yeah. So, do you have any questions before we get into this? No. Let's let's roll into it. All right. What do you got? I'll let you get into this. Everybody knows about the big ones. You know, like like we said earlier, Priory of Scion. The, uh, you know, the Illuminati, but you kind of said whatever about that. Sure. But there are some societies that some people don't know about that made a huge impact on the fucking world. Okay. So you, we all know about the Nazis. Yes. Right. Yes. But do we all know how they became about? Well, what, they were... what started the ideology of the Nazis? I want to get into this. I've just been reading a book about this, so I want to let you. Have, have you ever heard of the Tula? Yes. Society. Yes. This is what I'm doing. Okay. So, do you know all about the Tula Society? The T H U L E. Yes. Yes. I know a lot son about of, it. Son of a bitch. Well, the listeners need to know because this is <laughs> hot, this is super important <laughs> shit. So, right. It's good that you're bringing this one to the table. So, the ideology behind it can get very complicated because it's 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 basically in, rooted in mythology. Yes. And um, but I'll I'll kind of get into that a little bit. So, it was founded in 1918 by a guy named Rudolf von Sabatendorf. Yep. In Munich, but that's not actually his real name. It never is, as we're gonna find out. Right. And uh, basically, this is a mystic occult group with a political agenda. Yes. Basically. And um, now the mythical side of it, they they believe in this god named Odin. And Odin saw at the bottom of a well. He was trying to Odin was trying to prove um, his power. And he there was like a dagger in his side 
or something like that. And he was hanging from a tree or some weird shit like that for like nine days. He was trying to prove his immortality or whatever. I don't really know. Now, real some quick. weird shit. Real quick. Odin is... A god of Asgard. Is Thor's father in Norse mythology. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Thor yeah. was mentioned in the shit that I was yeah. listening and reading. So Odin is Thor's father. In, okay. It's in Norse mythology. Norse mythology. And this is where... Norse mythology is where this all traces from. Odin saw these symbols that possessed knowledge and wisdom that could raise people from the dead, heal wounds, kill his enemies, all this bullshit, right? Sure. So the Thule Society believed that following these mythical footsteps of Odin and the gods of Asgard, that they would create their own Aryan world, right? And they believed that they were like direct descendant descendants from uh, the lost city of Atlantis. Yep. And all this shit, right? Which they also trace back to aliens. Yes, that's another episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's another... <laughs> So basically, this group, this society, were they were um, dedicated to Erosop? How do you say that? Erosophy? Erosophy? I can't say that well, word. Let me see the Erosophy. Yes, Erosophy. And they sought the ancient wisdom. And what what that is is that uh, that belief is that it would connect all faiths, and that would convince the world that with, with this wisdom that Odin found that the Aryans were the superior race. Yeah, it's a justification for racism, is what this. Entire yeah, thing basically becomes right, and uh, Rudolf von uh, Sabatendorf, his real name is Ad, uh, Adam Glauer. Okay, so we're gonna get into a little bit of what he did and why the mysticism of uh, the group was so promulgated when he got there. Sure. Because a lot of his life was participating in studying uh, Eastern mystics. And a lot of the stuff that we're going to get into is completely scrubbed from history studies mm-hmm. because it just doesn't fit. It doesn't work as well. And it implicates a lot of other problems. Right. So, okay. And it, it, you're probably going to have to help me with some history in Germany. Sure. When we get to that point, because it's kind of it's kind of complicated who takes over and yeah. what, you know, as far as the different ways of government. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. So, Adam Glau or Rudolf van Sabatendorf. He left Germany at a young age, and he trained to be an engineer like his dad was. Uh, at 23, this is kind of funny, at 23 he was a tutor for these kids, and he ended up having to flee the town because he was having an affair with their mother. So, well, yeah, he had to leave. I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And uh, he did a lot of different shit that's not really important, but he, he ultimately ended up in Egypt. Okay. And he became obsessed with the Eastern mysticism, and he became obsessed with their rituals and the hieroglyphics and he wondered about the pyramids and all that bullshit yep so he got involved with a lot of different shit he got involved with the freemasons he got involved with the young turks which he was a part of the young turks that's a fucked up group by the way yeah that's a severely fucked up group yeah they they killed a lot of the uh uh, armenians armenians they're still doing that today yeah, and because they uh, they didn't agree with the Ottoman Empire correctly, is that is that what it was? Something like that. But the Young Turks are terrorists. They're yeah. some of the worst people that's ever existed. It's kind of. And what's yeah. really messed up is that there are modern media groups that yeah. name themselves after the Young Turks yes, that have they no did. they have no clue. They have, They've been confronted with this, and they're like, "Oh, well, we thought they were just freedom fighters." No, or, they have absolutely no, no clue. clue, and that's a <laughs> very big problem. Anyways, yeah. So understanding all this mysticism and all this shit that he knows now, he still has that um, Aryan racism running through his veins, man. Yeah. So he moves back to Germany with this ideology in mind, and he finds a group in Germany 
called uh, German Orden or called the German Order. And you know what's did funny? Did I say that correctly? I think you did. And what's funny is I saw that word in my book so many times. I looked at it over and over. I'm like, how the hell do you even pronounce that? And I'm pretty sure you pronounced I, it I correctly. Think that's correct. I think you pronounced it correctly. So. Okay. Because I, I knew I was going to have a hard time with these. And um, yeah. And so he rose up in the ranks in that order in a pretty short amount of time because he, he became really good friends with the guy that ran that. Sure. And he ended up opening his own lodge in Munich. Yes. And he got hooked up with this uh, art student and he had like this group already. It was kind of like a study group studying the um, northern parts of Europe that are now uh, that are now like Iceland, Scandinavia sure. and all that shit which where was allegedly the land of the Thule. Okay. And that's where they got their that's where they got the name for their society, the Thule Society. Sure. Yeah. And that, that was from the, the northern country and that they were the Thule people were the ancestors of Germany. Yes. And the Aryans. Yada, yada, yada. And real quick, can I add in one more thing about the Aryans? Sure. So they were like supposedly in India, like before the time of Christ. Like somehow they migrated all the way down there. No shit. And they're they're very influential in the Indian culture. And if you look into non-Christian history about Jesus, there's a lot of evidence that points to him going to India for a while and studying with the Aryans. The problem is that the Aryans in India were very elitists and believed in a very strict caste system. Mm -hmm. And when the historical figure of Jesus showed up, they were philosophically, they were able to kind of hang together, basically. The biggest clashing point was the fact that he wanted to preach to everybody and they didn't want him preaching to the lower classes, basically. Mm. And that's a big reason why he left India, supposedly. Mm. Never heard now, of that Christians aren't gonna Christians aren't going to believe that for a second because right. it doesn't fit any of the narrative. But there's a huge section of history where Jesus just, just kind of falls off the map and it kind of fills in the void. Now, the problem with that, too, is that it combines Christianity and Buddhism really closely, if you look at the history of it. So a lot of the stuff that could be traced similarly towards how you treat other people and towards spiritual beings can mm -hmm. kind of be traced back together if, if the India story is true. Right. So That's crazy. But it was the Aryans that were down there back then who Jesus was having a problem with, which Damn. is just, it's just interesting. If, it is if, interesting. If you want to if you want to speculate that far. Right. But anyways, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. So this is where I'm probably going to need help with talking about the history of oh, Germany. God, I was hoping that part was passed, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're good. We're good. So the the group um they hated socialists. Yes. And they hated um communists. Yeah. They were basically just a a they're just nationalists, really. Yep. Racist nationalists. Yep. And they militarized themselves ultimately to Which is spark up to spark up revolutions. Yada yada yada. So Eisner was the ruler of Germany <laughs> <laughs> of the socialists. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's so many time points in my head. I'm just trying to 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 remember. But you get, you look so excited when you're like Eisner. <laughs> yes, he's our guy. I'm sorry. So basically what the group did, so Eisner brought a, he was a Jew, so they didn't like that about him. No. Secondly, he brought more of a democratic feel to Germany. Sure. And they basically devised a coup to get rid of this guy. And the coup ended up not working because there were too many people. They wanted to, like, capture him. Yes. And 
yada, 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 at a speech that he was going to do. But there were so many radical leftists in there that they didn't think they could pull it off. Sure. But what ends up happening is a guy that um, didn't get accepted into the Tula because he didn't have three generations of Aryan uh, ancestry to prove that he, so he couldn't be in the group. He ended up murdering this the, the leader in Germany. He ended up murdering him. Wow. And it's crazy because this guy that didn't get into the group, his mom was a Jew. So that makes absolutely no sense. Why would this guy try to get into this into this secret society? Well. And your mother's a Jew. We'll talk about it. Sure. So, yeah. So, they militarized themselves, and uh, they were called the, the Thule Combat League. That's what their army was called. And Combat League. Yeah, that's what they called it. Dude, themselves. we got to form a combat league. <laughs> I know. Anyways. So after that, uh, it was ruled by multiple different parties and multiple different people. And they and there were multiple uh, revolutions that were sparked. To fast forward, I kind of want to get into how Hitler got in there. Sure. So Hitler was a member of the army. Okay. And I think he was a part of an intelligence committee. Probably. And he was ordered to spy on this group. During one of their meetings. And when they were talking about, you know, the master race and all that shit, Hitler was like, oh, I'm into that shit. I like that shit. Yeah. So instead of returning to his superiors, talk about, you know, what he heard, he ended up staying and joining the group. And that's where he gained a lot of popularity. And he rose up through that group and he ended up being basically their spokesperson. And that's what created the Nazis. Now, the National Socialist German Workers Party. There is evidence, too, that you know how he was supposed to be spying? Mm -hmm. There's evidence that he was actually put there for a reason. The people that were spying on him wanted to have him rise up in that group because they knew that it would happen. That it would happen. Hmm. There's a lot of evidence that Hitler was manufactured. Obviously, he was a terrible person, but there's a lot of evidence that he was kind of chosen for the role. Right. So. And ultimately, you know, the, the group uh, was disbanded in 1925. Sure. But after um, Sabatendorf, he actually left Germany for some time. Okay. And he came back and tried to revive the the society. Sure. But it ended up not working. Yeah. But um, members of the group, they rose up very high within the Third Reich. And um, three of them that were executed at Nuremberg, the Nuremberg trials after World War II, yep. was Alfred Rosenberg. He basically authored their whole racial theory, and he was a member of the Thule Society. Sure. And so was Hans Frank, who was in charge of basically the concentration camps yep. and all that shit, and Rudolf Hess, who was basically second in command to Hitler. All of them were a part of the secret society. And there's also there's other people that were involved as well. And there's right. a lot of evidence as to the philosophy expanding way far behind and the mysticism and the occultism expanding very far behind so yeah that's that is the Thule society it's really interesting it's very important we're gonna have to do some more on this because it was that was a good breakdown like that was a, i tried my best that I, was a really, I got i got i got mixed up at the end but there's just so much shit there's that happened. a ton and it's very tough to and i've been doing reading about that and the Thule society it's it's part of it but it kind of goes over my head really quickly so that was a really good breakdown mm-hmm. i tried so but yeah there's a lot of and that's the thing that I keep running into is when you look at what's going on, a lot of the rumors when it comes to what the Nazis were doing is true. Like yeah. a lot of the weird occult shit is true. The problem and the reason why it doesn't get reported as quickly is because as fucked up of a group as they are, they're so interconnected with a whole lot of other 
very powerful groups. Like you can trace their shit back to the Masons to an extent. You can trace them back to American secret societies oh, yeah. to an extent. The financial aspect of the military or the Nazi regime is so interwoven with other European countries and American countries right. that it was almost like it was just part of the same system. Like the same system allowed Nazi Germany to rise up like it did. Right. Now obviously if you're a globalist post World War II, you're trying to dissociate yourself with Nazi Germany because the vast majority of the world, 90% of the world is going to hate that group right. for what they did, which is justified. Could you imagine being in the German culture after World War II and trying to get that ideology out of the culture? Could you imagine how hard that would be? Well, the problem is is it's, it's for a group like that, the average person, it works for you until it stops working for you. Right. Like if you've got benefits to being a Nazi, you're going to be a Nazi, even if you don't exactly believe in that type of shit. Yeah, that's true. Now the higher ups absolutely believe in that shit. All the SS people were hundred percent awful yeah. people right and there's not really much getting around that when it comes to the average citizen you're going with whatever's going to make your life better right so once it falls you're like good i don't really hate the jews i'm sorry i just don't and most of them probably didn't some of them did some of them probably well, did a lot of them were forced to to do the bidding you know but people don't understand how the aristocracy of the group how terrible that they were but how they made it worthwhile for the average person to jump in you know right and if you think about what you care about no most people don't have that type of audio where they're just going to stand up against that type of thing. If the choice is my life's going to be comfortable or I'm going to die, you know? Right. And anybody who says that, oh, well, I would never do that type of thing. You have to be in that situation first yep. before you can invite somebody who made a different decision than you would make. You know what I mean? No doubt. So it's super complicated, but a lot of these globalists are trying to dissociate themselves and have been doing this for years afterwards, even though it's all part of the same system. Nazi is part of the same system that dictates the world today. Obviously, it was a terrible offshoot, but it's all connected. And it doesn't take that much research. It just takes the ability to listen, to think beyond what you're told, mm -hmm. to see, to start tracing the paths. Right. So it's scary. Oh, yeah. Because obviously nobody, there's nobody, no sane person is going to become a Nazi because it's a terrible ideology. But it was allowed to happen. That's the problem. Are you okay? I'm <laughs> you, good. I'm you good. don't look too happy. No, I'm good. I'm good. Anyways, are you ready for my secret society? Let's hear it, man. So we've been talking on the show about just every once in a while there's a topic that pops up and I'm like, well, the CFR did this, the CFR did that. And it's come up on a couple different episodes. Mm -hmm. The CFR is the Council on Foreign Relations. It's an American secret society that isn't really secret. Like, everybody knows that it exists, but their meetings are held behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. It's very selective as the who is allowed to join. And it operates like a, like an adult version of, of a fraternity, basically. But it has its own magazine called Foreign Affairs, which publishes, like, advice on foreign policy. Hmm. And almost inevitably, whatever they say in the magazine ends up becoming an actual United States foreign policy with the council on foreign affairs council on foreign relations cfr with this council uh we've had several sitting presidents have been members almost like every secretary of state except for the most recent ones have been members biden's a member obama's been a member the clintons are members the bushes are members uh nixon was a member reagan wasn't but his entire administration was filled with cfr members mm -hmm. most of them were people that he didn't want in the administration which is interesting if you read the history mm -hmm. like he wasn't going to take hw Bush as his vice president, but when the convention hit, there was a big thing at the at the convention in 1980 where they didn't know who Reagan's vice president was going to be because they knew that he was going to beat Bush for the nomination. They didn't know who the vice president was going to be, and he said, "Oh, I'm never going to take H.W. Bush as my nominee." Right. He ended up taking him hmm. and having a whole bunch of these CFR members fishy filling out his his administration. Right. So this 
this has been around since 1921. It's officially a foreign policy think tank, but it's funded by really rich bankers and industrialists. Like if you think the Fords and the Rockefellers, that's where a lot of the money came from originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren, not Warren G. Harding, uh, Woodrow Wilson was kind of like the precursor president towards the whole thing because Woodrow Wilson would talk about the secret society of powerful men that ruled the country. And he would talk about that even before he was president. Mm-hmm. Now, Woodrow Wilson was kind of a elitist in, in and of himself. So he just kind of played right into the bullshit. But he would at least talk about the fact that the president's not really the one in charge. There's a group of people out there. Right. And FDR has alluded to that type of thing. Kennedy, obviously, was alluding to that type of thing. It's been alluded to throughout politics up until today. It's like it's a new thing. Right. Now, Woodrow Wilson kind of played into it with his whole, with uh, the League of Nations thing. Do you remember that? Where he tried to form, like, the precursor to the United Nations that the United States never actually joined? Yeah. Basically, the CFR kind of pre... It's... It was formed after that kind of thing fell apart. The industrialists and the wealthy bankers wanted to have their own society, basically. So they can dictate, you know, what's going on. So they could have a lot of say, basically. Right. So that's where it all started. Now, you know how Kennedy talked about secret societies? Yes. Do you think they killed them? I think they're part of it. Mm. Because if you look at the people that were involved in the, the formation of the Council on Foreign Relations, which is still a thing today. Like, you can go on YouTube, and they got their own YouTube channel, and it's ridiculous. It's, it's all global oriented no shit it's ridiculous it, it sounds really good on paper but it also glosses over a lot okay and a lot of the problems that we face it just doesn't they don't care about it's all about globalization basically right and it's all about limiting threats to the wealthy is what i think it's about it's all about keeping the working person down so that they they work towards benefiting the wealthy without being able to kind of become an equalized force does that make any sense at all i can see that yeah and the problem too is that they play it's it's a game the whole thing is a game because the one percent isn't a real thing you know how everybody's like oh fuck the one percent all this shit yeah that's not a real thing most of the one percent is new money it's people that have worked hard and have gotten up to the point where they're rich there is a ruling elite but it's not one percent it's like one one hundredth of a hundredth of a percent Uh, the the top one percent are only 500 grand a year and above yeah so there's a there's the one percent large and the vast majority of that is new money people it's people that have actually worked hard right even some of the billionaires that we know today are not part of this group as much even though they might play into it because they're going to benefit from it it's very it's it's so isolated that's why all these political policies that people are going to tr- talk about don't matter because if you want to institute socialism you're not putting any pressure on the real power you're just going to knock down the new people right that's all you're going to do right that's the problem so the cfr has been around for 100 years now whenever they come up with an idea about foreign policy it almost invariably becomes united states foreign policy you look at all the wars that we fought after world war ii and even including world war ii because United States wasn't part of World War II until Pearl Harbor happened. Right. CFR members knew about Pearl Harbor's attack before it actually happened. We we could have entered when the German U-boats blew up a lot of our shit in the Atlantic. Yeah, but a lot of that was allowed I'm... to happen. The intelligence was there. It was kind of filtered away. Okay. So it gets really complicated really quick with the CFR. Is, it, is any of this making sense at all? Yes. But when you look at Korea and Vietnam... All of it was CFR people. The Bundys, like I talked about in the last episode, were yeah. the force behind this, the Vietnam War. Uh, even the Iraq encounters, even in the 1990s, mostly CFR 
people were calling the shots. Hmm. Uh, and again, like the secretaries of state have almost invariably, like even Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice are both members of the group. Even Ted Cruz's wife is a member of the group. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just a, it's a crazy cross section of American politics because it's Democrats, mm. it's Republicans, it's everybody. Now, do you think they're all in on it, or do you think some of them are just they're just in it and they don't know what the hell's going on? They're just like a lower part of it. There's different groups of that, but there's five hundred or five thousand one hundred and three members right now, and it's very selective. The process to get in is highly selective so while they're obviously there's obviously an aristocracy that controls what they're saying people in the group are almost almost invariably do group related acts there's not like there's not a lot of rogue members of the cfr they're almost all oriented towards whatever the group's mission is okay. in some way shape or form so this is just like an organization basically it's okay. a think tank okay but it also traces into media people it also traces into like celebrities i'm trying to think of some members that are like media people okay uh, a lot of the like the big media bosses, a lot of big corporate bosses are members. I think like Barbara Walters is a member. A lot of like the TV anchors that you know are right. members. And there's also there's a couple of groups that are kind of attached to the CFR. The Trilateral Commission is one, which is like the newer version of the CFR. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of the people that are in the CFR are also Trilateral Commission members. It's basically just kind of like a reorganization of the same process. Okay. And they rose to prominence with Carter because all of Carter's people were Trilateral Commissionists, even though Carter was a member of both. I think he probably still is a member of both societies and then there's another group called the Bilderberg group which is an informal group technically but they meet at the Bilderberg hotel Bilderbear Bilderberg <laughs> but uh like George Stephanopoulos is a member of that Vince Perry. and he was a Clinton advisor in the 90s yep all sure of a sudden was. he's an ABC news anchor think about that for a second so Clinton policy advisor in the 90s yeah to News anchor on ABC. News anchor. Right. How is that not a conflict of interest? That's a flip. Yeah. How is that not a conflict? How is that? How is that even allowed? And if I've been reading these books that have been written like since the nineties, and they've even named him back then, they said there's a problem guy right there. He plays all the secret society groups. The fact that he was a debate moderator. It's yeah, but he's in all these groups, and they've been talking about him forever since he's been in the Clinton administration. Like, there's a problematic person right there. Watch what he's gonna do over the next few years. All of a sudden, he's on. Good Morning America <laughs> as an as an anchor, and they talk about it. They talk about how these people you either you you rotate between the government, academia, and the media, and a lot of these people just kind of float the, wherever they're. Mm-hmm. They kind of wear out their welcome one place, so they go to the other place. So it's crazy. It all traces back to the CFR, which all traces back to billionaires, like really rich billionaires that did a lot of bullshit that fucked a lot of things up. Not like like you know you know what I mean. Yeah. So, and it's real. It's very interesting. You got to watch out for this type of thing because it's real and it's very prevalent. And when it comes to secret societies, if you're, if you are like heavily attached to like a political party or whatever group, you're going to find somebody that you have idolized. That's part of these groups. Oh, for sure. Like I know a lot of the labor unions are all against the, the secret societies, but you know, you know who Walter Ruther is or was, he was a, the UAW boss, big UAW boss for a while. He was a member of all these societies too. Supposedly, he was like a like a democratic socialist right but he's still in all he's these elitist groups all these elitist <laughs> groups so crazy i don't know it's very problematic we could probably do a multi-episode episode on this because we talk about like the skull and bones there's so many like in 2004 the president the presidential election was between two skull and bones members yeah. Kerry and bush <laughs> like what what's that about come on 
<laughs> you can't you, you can't do that. They can't. Wh- which skull? Which skull did he George W. Bush steal? I can't. Geronimo. Remember. Something. Yeah. Geronimo's. That sounds right. I think that's who. I think that's the. I think that's the skull he stole. But that's another secret society too. And if you look at like board members on like big banks and whatever, a lot of them are skull and bones members. Yep. We can't have two of these guys running for president. Like that, that's not a good thing. I told you about the Odd Fellows, right? Have you heard of them? I think I have. They trace back, allegedly, they trace back really early to like 60 BCE, I think. Okay. But ultimately, they were just a, a charity group. They're called the Odd Fellows because they did, they worked different jobs in the guilds. Sure. So you had your guild workers, and they yep. were the ones that did the odd jobs, right? And they basically just came together to take care of each other and to take care of community and shit like that. And uh, they're still around today, actually. Really? They operate in secrecy, but um, they they do some weird ritual shit, man. Uh, during the Great Depression, they had, they, they actually got bigger than the Freemasons at one point. They had like over three million members. Don't surprise me. And the Odd Fellows, yeah. They did some weird ritualistic shit because their membership got really small during the Great Depression and they couldn't keep up with their lodge sites and they and, uh, people couldn't contribute. So they lost a lot of membership. And <laughs> when people would buy these buildings and re- like renovate them over time, they would find human remains in this in these places, right? That's fucked up. Well, come, come to find out, they didn't really kill anybody. They actually bought the bones from. I'm, I'm not even kidding. They they had bought the bones and used them for their rituals. And they actually found catalogs on buying human skeletons back in the day, like the early 1900s. That's really fucked up. They wouldn't sacrifice anybody. They didn't kill anyone, but they would buy bones. And yeah, it's crazy. And they would, and they were still finding shit in the early 2000s uh, in these buildings that they used. But I mean, we've talked about all this occult practices shit that doesn't get talked about because it doesn't, it just doesn't work right. for the average media person. And U.S. presidents were odd fellows. Doesn't surprise me. FDR was one, I believe. A couple of others. I mean, there were a lot of. I think there were six total U.S. presidents that were odd fellows. That doesn't surprise me. And it's always funny to see how it's always people on both parties. Right. Part of the same groups. Yep. And when you look at how they actually behave, they all do the exact same thing every single time, just about. Right. There's not a lot of differentiation. So, I don't know. I find that interesting. When it comes to secret societies, I think the question shouldn't be, do these secret societies exist? Because we they do. Sure, they do. Like, obviously, like the ones that we talked about are real things. Like, you can't really debate that they existed. The question is always, how much influence do they have? And that's where they kind of hide behind shell corporations and facades, basically. But if you look at the money and you look at who sits on boards and who finances board seats and who is behind financial banks and investment banks. It's all the same people every single time. Crazy. It doesn't, it's not like you can't debate how much control they have when you look at who finances what. That's the biggest thing. So the question is always going to be how much control do they have? I think the answer is a lot of control. They they probably control everything and it, and it feels like they have so much control that you don't believe it because it's, yeah. it's all you've ever known. Exactly. In That's your the life. And it's like you look their at, influence over us and they're the money traces to all the mainstream media like fox News and cnn the biggest investor is the same investor for both of those companies that owns the biggest majority of those two organizations mm-hmm. now obviously cnn is owned by at&t these days so you gotta really dig through the balance sheets to figure out who actually owns it mm-hmm. it's the same group crazy it's crazy and you gotta wonder this group has six trillion dollars worth of assets six trillion dollars worth of assets under its control how aren't we talking about a group like vanguard 
Vanguard, which is an investment bank. Six trillion dollars of assets, that's, and we're just now we're just not going to talk about it. That that's they own ten percent of like everything. Is that double the GDP? It's like what is the GDP? I think it's like twenty, so it's like twenty, almost thirty percent. I think six six trillion would be thirty percent of twenty. Country's GDP is that high? It's close to that. What the hell am I thinking of? Never mind. But still, thirty percent of the GDP and net wealth right. in one organization. Yeah, that's incredible. With who knows what the and it's a private it's a privately owned entity at the end of the day because an investment bank is usually owned by the stockholders of whatever or the shareholders of the product that they own maybe we'll be a part of it well day. you probably are if you have a 401k you probably are right now because they sponsor a lot of 401ks now if you think about that what's a better way to control the average working person than to have them paying into your 401k fund that you control now you're controlling their assets you're controlling their retirement think about that for a second crazy it is crazy how these things conglomerate and nobody talks about them that's a problem well, BlackRock's another most people probably don't even know about it they don't know about any of this shit <laughs> That's what's crazy. Damn thing. And that's that's how they hide because there's a lot of people that do. I'm not the only person talking about this. I'm far from the only person that knows about this type of shit. But who's going to do the research? Right. Who's going to sit down for an hour and look at balance sheets and figure out who the <laughs> fuck owns this stuff? Not everybody's going to do that. Right. So we here at 430 in the morning. We'll do that. We will. We've, <laughs> we've got a good crop between me and Ben. We've got a good cross section of talents that we can get to the bottom of some of this shit. But it's easy. It's easy to see how people can hide behind that type of thing when you look at some of these things. Right. Because the money, you, you can always trace the money trail to an extent. And there's so many public records out there. It's just, it, the public record doesn't matter if people aren't going to pay attention to that. And most people just aren't. That's how these media companies have so much control these days. Because nobody's going to question a person behind a desk wearing a suit telling you what to do. A lot of people like that. A lot of people are comforted by that. It's terrifying, but it's true. Think about it. It's true. You ain't lying. A lot of people think that everything is good. The government's good. Everything is good. All the companies are good. I mean, just looking at the track record of the government, you don't have to know about all that shit to not yeah. trust the government. But people <laughs> do. People still do. And then they complain when they're when they have nothing. When they did everything that they were told, and they ended up with nothing at the end of the day. Yep. Because they're not out to help you. Exactly. And that's all because of these secret societies that trace back hundreds of years, thousands of years. And even like the Masons, real quick. To the serpent. Everybody's the, like, you, you can talk to like a second degree Mason, like, oh, the Masons were just a fraternal organization. It's like, you're a fucking second degree Mason. You don't know shit. You're the <laughs> jackass that they're using to pay their, you're, you're paying dues, and you're the one just doing all the back work. You have no idea what the fuck's there, going on. There is so much involved with the Masons. It, <sighs> But it's easy because we've got a whole bunch of second degree Masons running around that have no idea what the fuck's going on but they're gonna talk about oh i'm a mason i'm part of the group man and a lot of people are like that it's a right. perfect it's a perfect way to hide because they're gonna say oh we're just we're just a fraternal organization we're focused on making the world better right they probably believe that shit because they're a fucking secondary mason that has no idea what the fuck's going on they're never gonna get promoted because they're also gonna talk a lot and you can't talk a lot to get promoted in the masons or right. any of these organizations so they're gonna keep them where they're at let them talk let them make the world think that oh it's just a fraternal organization i mean the the Masons damn near created this this country. Pretty much, they basically did. Uh, the majority of the founding fathers are all Masons. Yeah, they all base their ideology off of their Masonry. And you've got to really look at what the founding fathers believed, because a lot of them believed some problematic things. They did, and even like the good ones, in my opinion, are still kind of not great people. If you look at true, it. it's interesting. Anyways, you got any more about secret societies? I feel like we could go on. We could go on about this topic for a while, forever. We'll have to do a number a number two episode. I think so. This will be Secret Societies Part 1. Perfect. I don't know if that's going to be the title, but we're, we'll see. We'll see. Tweet yeah. us at 30 in the if you are involved in any secret societies. <laughs> so I knew that you were going to say that. <laughs> 
I knew you were going to say it almost word for word, and you said it exactly what I thought. You said it exactly how I thought you were going to say it. Anyways, yes, please tweet us if you are a member of Secret Society, if you have any problems with what we've said. I feel like this is going to be one of our more controversial episodes. Probably. It's now, okay. Most of our listener base, well, at least on my end, have been exposed to me talking about this type of shit for a while. So it shouldn't be any of a shock. I don't know about uh, if you got any listeners that listen to the show that are going to be like, Pat's got to get fucking taken off the ear, man. He's this guy's a fucking. No, I, I think we'll be good. I talk about this shit sometimes with, with people randomly. And uh, I got to sort my site. Cut. I got to cite my source real quick. It's Jim Mars's book called Ruled by Secrecy is a book that I've been reading lately. Mm-hmm. That's a really good book. It was written in 2000. It was written right before 9-11. So I think 2001. Mm-hmm. Really good book, very good detailed breakdown of how secret societies have impacted the world throughout history. I haven't finished it yet. I'm about halfway through it. Good book. The other book that I read that plays into this is William Bramley's book called Gods of Eden, mm-hmm. which was written in the early 1990s. It started off with a guy that was trying to figure out why war happens, and he figured that as he researched the book, it was going to be basically, well, war happens because people want to profit off of war. What he found during like almost a decade of research, and he quit writing the book several times during his research, is that if you look at the history of war, you can always find a secret society behind war happening. There's always somebody in the background either financing or moving money around or influencing a ruler to go to war. And he said it's almost always a secret society in the background, which I found interesting. Now, he kind of took it even further and said that all the secret societies stem from aliens. <laughs> but Every, Everything stems from aliens. But, you know, when you look at the history and you look at my understanding, because I've studied a lot of European history and a lot of that shit. Even in college, I studied a lot of that shit. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of questions. It's like, why the hell would somebody do what they're doing? Like, why would you make these types of decisions? And he answers those questions. Now, obviously, Secret Society is a controversial answer. But if you look at the membership roles and where the money moved every single time, it makes a lot more sense. And it's very, very, very tough to argue against. Mm. So those are the books I've read. Uh, Jim Mars and William Bramley are the authors. Both very good authors. Worth reading. Gods of Eden is one I might actually buy for you and just make sure you have it because I think you're going to like it. Thank you. I'll read it. I think you'd like it. It's it's good because it's a good breakdown and it sums up everything well. It's a little bit crazy, but it's easy to follow. Right. So, and even Jim Mars, you would love Jim Mars. You'd love those books. So, yeah, I'll check it out. Anyways, I'll check anything out. If you got any book recommendations for us, please tweet us at Thirty In La. At Thirty In La. If you want to hear uh, a really good description of the Thule Society, Parcast has a podcast in their uh, secret societies called Thule Society. Two parts. Really good podcast. Yes. Please check that podcast out. That sounds really good. I might have to check that out tonight yeah. or tomorrow probably. Parcast has a lot of different podcasts. Like they're great. I love listening to all their different shit. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. Spotify man. I'm gonna do that. We are on Spotify. We are. Please listen to us on Spotify. And if you guys are listening to us on Spotify, please check out our old episodes. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Um we're up to like a thousand and seventy eight listens right now. So it's fantastic. Yeah, we kind of have a slow week. We had a really fast week last week, kind of a slower week this week. But mm-hmm. you know, we're still doing well. Doing really well. We're still getting hits. So thank you very much guys for listening. We couldn't do any of this without you no doubt thank you so much social media will get up at some point we keep talking about it. we've been talking about it since like episode four uh, we'll, we'll, it will be up yeah. it will be up if we, can we get promise. a little bit of time we'll grant and get it up so thank you very much guys peace guys thank you
Carol McBride never returned a tape of Sabrina the Te- Teenage Witch. Sabrina the Teenaged Witch. Witch. I can't say that word. Witch. Sabrina the Teenaged Witch. Carol McBride never returned a tape of Sabrina the Teenaged Witch. I can't fucking say that you, shit. You said it good that that round. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep that. Should be all right. So. So yeah. I can't remember what the hell I just said. I forget. 